All right, let's get ready to uh, uh, engage this word. If you have a Bible, open it to uh, Psalms 150. Everybody shout, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequal greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flutes. Praise him with a class of cymbals. Praise him with loud clinging cymbals. Let everything that breathes, shout everything that breathes. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Everybody shout praise the Lord. Lord. God, we ask that you would bless us as we study and learn together. In Jesus' name we pray. Shout amen. Amen. Please be seated. (laughs) That baby said, get me out of here. (laughs) Get me out. He's about to start preaching. Get me out. (laughs) Hurry, hurry, hurry. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That used to be me when I was going to church as a kid. (laughs) Oh, Lord, he's about to preach. Get me out. Get me out. (laughs) I was thinking earlier this week, and uh, it struck me. You know, we're all... Uh, in a few days, we're going to be celebrating the 4th of July. And it struck me that in one sense, the 4th of July is really the second national holiday of Thanksgiving. That one of the ways to think about the 4th of July is, and there's a lot of different ways we can think about it, but one way is to think about it from the perspective that it's one day, everybody shout one day, where we stop arguing about what's wrong with our nation and we spend a little time celebrating what's right about our nation. Everybody shout one day. At least one day day. It's it's intended to be a day of gratitude. And for many of us, even for those of us who are not patriotic, 4th of July is still a big day of gratitude because we're just happy not to have to go to work. And so we're we're gathered around some barbecue pit, uh, some picnic table, some beach, some amusement park, and we're gathered around with people that we love and we want to hang out with. And it really is, in its own way, an opportunity for us to really kind of think about the things that we are grateful for. Everybody shout gratitude. Gratitude, gratitude. So then it's appropriate, given this context, that we take a little time today to look at Psalms 150. It is really the explanation mark, if you will, on uh, the entire book of Psalms. A lot of scholars call the book of Psalms the national hymn book of Israel. It is composed of prayers and declarations of praise and expressions of worship. And as a matter of fact, the Hebrew name for the book of Psalms is, 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 is simply 
the book of praises. So the suggestion is that the dominant theme through the entire book of Psalms, they got all kinds of prayers, but the dominant theme is really that of adoration. Everybody shout adoration. And gratitude, shout gratitude. That's, that's kind of its definition of praise, adoration and gratitude. Now, if we look at this particular passage, there's a lot that we can learn, beginning with how it is structured. In the first, it starts off with this phrase that if you were reading it in the Hebrew, it would simply be one word. It starts off with the phrase, Praise the Lord. In the Hebrew, that actual, that's actually one word. It's simply hallelujah. Everybody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. It essentially means to praise the Lord. And the psalm is, is, is bracketed. It starts off with praise the Lord. And in verse 6, it ends up with saying, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And between those brackets, if you will, are 10 commands about praising God. The sentences are declarations. They are commands. In other words, the psalmist is not saying to the believing community, I suggest you praise God. He is not saying to the believing community that he's writing to, it's a good, it's, 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 it's a good ideal to praise God. Notice that the sentences are in the declarative. They're in the command. Praise God. In the sanctuary and in the mighty heaven. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It's a command. And it's ten different ways of praising God. Now, there are a lot of different ways to praise God. But the, 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 the writer chooses ten because actually ten in the Jewish context represents the totality. And here's what the writer is saying. If you want to live your best life in a world that is full of ups and downs, joys and pains, that you need to develop a disposition that says... I'm going to praise the Lord anyhow. Huh? Come on, why don't you say to the person next to you, I'm going to praise the Lord anyhow. Say, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to praise the Lord. If you want to navigate the waters of contemporary time, you have to have, what the psalmist is saying, you have to have a disposition that says, I'm going to praise God anyhow. Now he begins, notice the focus is on, begin with praise God. Everybody shout God. Adoration comes to mind, right? Adoration is, is this deep love and respect that we have from God, about and for God. And the psalmist is suggesting that if you have adoration for God, that that begins to set a certain attitude. It begins to frame the lens through which you interpret life. Now. My wife told me something uh, several months ago uh, that she read in a uh, medical uh, uh, journal. And I've just been waiting on the right time to share it. And this is the right time, y'all. <laughs> Tell the person next to you, it's the right time. Listen up, listen up. <laughs> Here's what she said. Now, she's a doctor. Here's what she said she read. She said that there's a journal that says, that religious, or rather people who practice religion, that means you have an active faith. Everybody shout active. active. You're not just saying I believe, but you actually practice 
religion. And it breaks down this way, that, that people who generally go to church two to three times a month or to synagogue or whatever, but not just go, but they also serve in the life of the church or the synagogue. That when you find folk who do those several things, they tend to live longer and happier. I couldn't wait to tell y'all that. <laughs> come on now, tell the person next to you, it pays to go to church. Come on now, come on. <laughs> tell somebody else, it pays to serve in the church. Now listen, it's not a guarantee, but they say, you tend to live longer. Come on. And happier. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, here's what it means. That if you're that active in your faith, Nobody's perfect, but you're just active in your faith. It means that God is the center of your worldview. And so when you run into hard times, when you run into difficulty, even when you run into things like death and grief, you have a different perspective than other people. That even when you run into death, you know that death gets to speak, but God has the last word. Come on now. That, that, that when you run into sickness, you know that God has promised he will never leave me nor forsake me. That he's got me. He's with me. That, that, that he's able to do all things. Come on now. You have a different perspective. It shapes the lens through which how you interpret life. So you get knocked down, you get back up. You run into trouble, you, you tend to want to run through it. Adoration. Shout adoration. Praise the Lord. Second, built into this song, Ten Commands, is the notion that adoration opens us up to lives full of gratitude. Everybody shout gratitude. Gratitude, gratitude. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Notice that there are not just, that, that in addition to the ten commands, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, that the psalm is structured around three prepositions. Praise God in, everybody shout in. Praise God for, everybody shout for. Praise God with. Everybody shout with. Now, in the psalm, to say that I praise God is another way of saying boast about God. Boast about God. And as we boast about God, the question is, well, where do I boast about God at? Where he begins by saying praise God in his sanctuary, in his mighty heavens, the notion is that for the Jewish believer, the sanctuary was the center of their faith on earth. The mighty heavens was the height of God's creation. The suggestion is, check this out, the suggestion is that all of creation is God's sanctuary. Or put it another way, wherever God is, that's his sanctuary. What do you mean? You don't have to come to ch in this place and have a praise team to have a worship experience. Right. Wherever God is, that's his sanctuary. And so, therefore, you should be able to boast about God anywhere and everywhere. Anywhere and everywhere. Boast about God. 
And, and, and this notion fills you with a sense of gratitude. All right. Here's what the social scientists say about people who live, uh, or rather about the culture in which we live in. Social scientists says that in contemporary culture, because of how social media kind of uh, breaks relationships and isolates us, and because of all the ups and downs in the environment around us, that, now listen, I want you to, I want you to see whether or not what I'm about to say describes somebody you know. And if they're sitting next to you, don't look at them. Just <laughs> look at me. Here's what they say. They say that more and more Americans spend more time thinking about what's missing from our lives rather than what's present in our lives. They said that more and more Americans spend more time, more of their conversation is consumed with what we don't have by way of comparing ourselves to others rather than with how blessed we are. That's what it says. Now tell the person next to you, I thought he was talking about you, but really he's talking about me. I'm shocked. And, and, and here's what the, science, the, the psychiatrists and all tell us. That when we live lives of gratitude, when we live lives that are fully conscious of how blessed we are, even in the little things, we tend to be less stressed. We tend to have less anxiety. We tend to have fewer depression seasons. And we tend uh, to, to, to not live out of a place of fear, but we tend to live out of a place of hope and expectation. Or let me say it another way, that, that, that people who live lives of, of gratitude, overflowing with thanksgiving, they tend to be the kind of person you want to go on a date with. They tend to be the kind of person you want to marry. They tend to be the kind of person you want to be your boss. They tend to be the, 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 the even for adult grandkids, uh, uh, even adult grandkids want to hang around grandparents like these. All right, so here's what I'm saying. What the psalmist is pointing out is that for some of us, we don't see how blessed we are. All we see is what's wrong, right? All we see is what's broken. And, 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 and then if that's not enough, come on now, we watch five hours of CNN and Fox News and we come out even more toxic, come on now. And then we surround ourselves with friends that all they do is talk about what's broke, what's wrong, and we come out even more toxic. I mean, how many spouses come on in here and says, man, you talking about my spouse. She or he, they just point out what's wrong, what's wrong. You're talking about my parent. They just point out what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. Come on, every now and then I'm talking about me. Because we all go through phases, right? Uh, the other day I had a bad, I, got, I woke up on the, my mama would say on the wrong side of bed. I, I don't understand, I was in a bad mood. And I was just fussing, just fussing, just fussing, just fussing. 
So my wife called me to the side and she said, baby, to use my grand aunt word, you're fuss box today. And I went away and I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I went and I had to apologize to my kids. I got my nephews here and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, just, I was just having a bad day. Now, now, it's all right to be in a bad mood for a few hours. It's all right to be in a bad mood maybe for a day or for a week. But some of y'all know folk who's been in a bad mood all their lives. <laughs> when, they walk in the, when they walk in the room, the cloud follows. Come on now. Starts to rain and thunder and lightning. What the psalmist says, and, and, and listen, I'm aware of personality differences. I know that there's some half glass, uh, uh, half full people and some half empty people. I understand all that. What the psalmist says is that whatever your personality setting is, that if you begin to recognize how blessed you are and start boasting about what God is doing in your life, you can adjust your setting. I'm going to tell the person next to you, you can grow, you can grow, you can grow. You can grow, you can grow, you can, you can grow, you can grow. All right, everybody shout how. The psalm is so instructive. It's practical, y'all. Listen, he says, all right, so boast about God. Where? It says in, 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 in the mighty heavens, in the saints. So everywhere is his sanctuary. So boast about him everywhere. All right. I remember the older people, when I was growing up, it didn't matter where they were, on their job, at home, they didn't have to be in the church. They just break out and start talking about God. They start talking about how they come through some trouble. And, 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 and inevitably, they, say, they would say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know how I would have made it. Come on now. Inevitably, they talk about how some impossibility opened up for them. And they said, you know the God that I know? He's a, he's, he's, he's a, he's a door opener. He opened doors that no one can close. He closed doors that no one can open. You know, they would talk on their job like that. They talked to their kids like that. When is the last time you boasted about God beyond the church house? You know, my granduncle, who really instilled a lot of faith in me, he did it by telling me a lot of the stories of his life and how God moved in his life. And I'm telling parents, this is how you pass the faith on. And so he would, he would tell me a story. He said, look, you know, he said, you know, he was raised by his grandmother. So his father had abandoned him. And he said, he would say to me, he said, look, boy, he said, when I was growing up, I only had two meals. He said, my grandmama would call me. See, he would say, she would say, Clarence, come get your bread and meat. And then on other days, she'd say, Clarence, come get your meat and bread. <laughs> and then he would talk about how he was, you know, he was full of anger and he was a drunk and, and he would get into fights and he was a womanizer and he was all of that. And he would talk about well up into his 20s. And somehow he ended up in a church just like this. And he heard the preaching of the gospel about a, about a God and the person of Jesus who can come into your life and totally change your life around. And back in that day in the South, you, if you were in a, what they call a revival meeting, you'd go out in the, in the, in the, in the, in the woods somewhere. You'd have what they call a praying ground. And he went out there and he 
says, God, I need you to change my life. And then one day he said, God showed up in a dramatic way. And he says, his whole world looked brand new and the taste for alcohol left his mouth. And years later, he'd be saying, he said, now look at me now. I'm preaching and I'm, I'm a community leader and I'm raising you and I'm a faithful husband. And tears would be coming down his cheeks. And he would say, God did that for me. He was boasting on God. See, here, here's, here's an insight. We tend to talk a lot about what's important to us. The reverse is also true. What we talk a lot about becomes important to us. So what I'm suggesting is you might want to start boasting about what God has done on your job. Listen, stop allowing the Silicon Valley culture to cause you to be silent about your faith. Listen, don't go. I'm not telling you go preaching to people. Don't go tell people about how they're going to hell. Don't do that. Come on now. What I'm saying is just be, just tell people about what God has done in your life. Stop censoring your story. All right. You say, okay, pastor, I'm tracking you. So, well, what do I say? Well, the psalm anticipated your question. So in verse two, here it says, it says, praise God. Here's the second preposition for, everybody shout for, for his mighty acts. In other words, the psalmist is suggesting something that social scientists now suggest. Social scientists suggest that if you want to break the clouds of depression, and despair, that at the end of each day, you ought to write what they call a gratitude list. Come on, everybody say gratitude list. Now, I could have told them that because y'all know if you've been around here for a while, you know I've been saying this from time to time. I, 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 one time I called it a Thanksgiving list, right? A, a few months ago, I called it a pre-depression list. But the scientists, they call it a gratitude list. All right, we call it a gratitude list. The psalmist calls it a mighty deeds list. Praise him for his mighty deeds. All right, I know I got some people in here. They're thinking about life. They say, well, Pastor, you just don't know my life. I don't have much to be thankful for. I'm sure there's a young lady here who says, I went to bed last night and I cried all night long in the bed because of what my significant other, how he broke my heart. And I woke up having cried all night long. I don't have anything to be grateful for. I said, wait, 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 wait. Did you say you went to bed? In the Bay Area where there are tens of thousands of people sleeping on the streets and sleeping in garage and sleeping in trailers, you mean you got to cry in a soft, warm bed with a roof over your head? Write that down. I'm going to praise God anyhow. That's something to be grateful about. Well, there's some folk in here. I know there's a husband in here who say, well, 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 well Pastor, <laughs> you just don't live in my house. So me and my wife got in a fight last night, and when I woke up this morning, I think we're going to come to church. Come on now. And I was expecting to get some pancakes and some eggs. 
And pastor, she had left and didn't leave no sensitivity behind. Come on now. And I had to fend for myself. And all I had, I went in the, in the pantry. All I could find was some Fruit Loops and some Pop-Tarts. Come on now. I don't have anything to be thankful about. Wait a moment. Did you say you have some Fruit Loops? <laughs> Do you know how much Fruit Loops cost? And Pop-Tarts were the catalog of the generic. Come on now. Come on, come on, you need to be able to write it down. Come on. This morning I had some Fruit Loops and some Pop-Tarts. Praise be to God. You know, I got some folk in here thinking, well, well the wife is saying, well, you know, you know, don't take his word for it. Now, let me tell you why I left him. He said, I got up this morning to look for a new outfit and remember that it's still in Neiman Marcus. And the reason why it's still in Neiman Marcus is because he spent up all of our discretionary money. That's why I don't want nothing to do with him. And so I had to go back to my closet and I had to look through a lot of old outfits and pick. Wait a moment. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say that you could actually, y'all ain't listening to me, look in your closet and pick some of y'all don't recognize this, but I remember when I was a kid, when I grew up, I didn't have nothing to pick. I had one Sunday go-to-church pants. Come on now. One pair of shoes. I had a necktie, and that was a clip-on. And today I can pick. Come on now. Write that down on your praise list. Do you see how faith Becoming the lens through which you look at life changes your attitude, changes the atmosphere, changes your conclusions. And so you see, you start by, I want to challenge you, do this between now and 4th of July. Make you a gratitude list. Just start saying, here's things that God has done. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Writing it down is the first step. Once you write it down, then you have something to boast about out in the world. Come on now. You can be cool shooting pool in the pool room. And you say to the boy, just for you say, uh, the green ball in the, in the corner pocket, you say, you know what, last night, this morning, my wife didn't even fix me no breakfast, but I found some Fruit Loops and some Pop-Tarts, and I'm praying God. <laughs> Boom! Come on. You see what I'm saying? Come on, everybody shout boast about God. Shout boast. Boast, boast, boast. You can be with your, with your girl around the, around the, around the water t uh, table at work. And, 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 you, and you can say, you know what? That, 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 my heart was broke. I cried all night long. But when I woke up this morning, I realized I was crying in a soft bed. And I could still see the goodness of God. See how you, you boast. You write it down. And you can begin to boast about God. Now, I've said to you before, one of the great privileges I've had is to walk with people who've gone through some great tragedies. And faith changes, I alluded to this a few moments ago, changes perspective. Doesn't mean you don't cry. Doesn't mean your heart is not broken. But faith, when you, I've had people who've lost loved ones and they say to me, with tears coming down their eyes, 
It said that, that, that even though I've lost them and they left too soon, I thank God for the time I had them. And I thank God that death will not have the last word. That I'm going to see them again. That's faith. Everybody shout boast. Even with tears in your eyes. Let me conclude here. So, it's, the psalmist is pretty practical. It says, boast about God. Where? In his sanctuary, in his mighty heavens, which means everywhere, anywhere. What do you say? Boast about his mighty acts. Make a gratitude list. That becomes your talking points. And then three, watch this. Praise God with. Everybody shout with. You read this, these three verses, it's three through five. What the psalmist is doing is pretty subtle. But the point he's making is that the, uh, the, the, the trumpet by itself sounds okay. But when you add to the trumpet, the lyre and the harp, it gets a bigger sound. And when you add to the lyre and the harp, folk who are dancing and using tambourines, it gets a bigger sound. And when you add to that the, the, the cymbals and the loud clinging cymbals, the sound gets even bigger. And what he's suggesting is that what God wants us to do is to not serve him piecemeal. Here's, how, here's what I mean. A lot of us talk like this. There's secular life, we say, and there's sacred life. And we lock God up in the so-called sacred life. And we keep the secular life separate. Here's what I mean. You dress one way when you come to church. Because you don't want nobody talking about you. <laughs> sacred. But you dress another way when you go on a date. Because you do want him talking about you. Come on now. Secular. You see what I'm trying to say? Come on, come on, come on. That, 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 that when you're in the church house, you talk one way. But when you're in your house, come on now, or the boardroom, you leave F-bombs all over the place. Secular. You see what I'm trying to say? And what God says is, I want you to serve me with your whole life. I want to be Lord, not just in the synagogue. Come on. I want to be Lord in your bedroom. I want to be Lord in the boardroom. I want to be Lord on your date. I, when you drive your car, when you act like I'm sitting right there by you. Now, I'm not suggesting be perfect because you can't. Now, listen, let me give you my perfect example. Here's my wonderful example. Towards the end of the NBA finals, Steph Curry had a bad night. You know I got to talk about Steph. He had a bad night, and they were holding him tight. And midway through the game, he broke through, scored 30 points. And at the height of it, his emotions got the best of him. And the next thing I know, he's yelling at the TV camera, this is mine, and dropped that F-bomb house. Now listen, I didn't hear him. <laughs> I didn't. Because I love Steph so much, I knew he couldn't say that. I didn't. I knew he couldn't say that. I didn't know he said it till I read about it the next day in the paper. Come on now. <laughs> All right, watch this, watch this, watch this. But his mama heard him. Come on now. And his mama called him on his phone, come on, and said, boy, 
You're not just serving God when you're in the church house. You're serving God on the court. Come on now. You've got a witness to keep. All right. Now watch this. Watch this. I like this. Watch it. Because nobody expects Christians to be perfect. But they do expect us to be credible. And everybody wrote a big paper about it. But the next night, come on now, Steph got sat down at the, at the microphone and he said, my mama called me. Here's what she told me. And you know what? She was right. I was wrong. And I'm sorry. Now that's serving God with your whole life. Because the truth be told, come on, y'all. If God was right here. We're so imperfect, we would mess up in God's presence. But at least we would have the decency to say, oh, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And as you heard in communion, Brother Ed reminded us that Romans says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. So let praises to God. Boast about God. Let your whole life boast about God. How you lead your company, let it boast about God. How you dress, let that boast about God. How you treat your children, let that boast about Not perfectly, but faithfully. Boast about God. And here's where I conclude. The last part I love the most. It says, he says, let everything, shout everything, that has breath. Shout breath. Everybody shout breathe. All right. Here's what the theologian is doing. The writer who's working with this text. Here's what he's saying. Now, it's kind of, you can kind of miss it in English, but in the Hebrew, in order, because of the difficulty of pronouncing the words, in order for you to be able to speak, you have to be able to breathe. And, and what the psalmist is suggesting, come on now. That if you can inhale and exhale, you ought to give God praise. <laughs> That's what he said. Look, look y'all, y'all got to get this. You got to get this. You know, John Alberg said a few weeks ago, if you're not dead, you're not done. I, I always say that if you're alive, there's still hope. And at the end of the day, every time you breathe in and exhale, it means God loves you. Every time you breathe in and exhale, it means God's grace is in your life. Inhale and exhale, God's mercy is in your life. I don't care if you haven't been to church for years. I don't care if you've never read the Bible. The fact is every breath says God knows you. He blesses you. He loves you. And you ought to declare praise to his name. In plain words, if you're breathing, you're religious because your breath is declaring praises to God. Somebody say amen. Come on, give God a hand praises. praise us.